Thank you for joining us today. For more information about our service times, visit okoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram at okoegt. Now let's prepare our hearts as we go into the message. Hey, take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Exodus. Book of Exodus. We're going to begin in chapter 2 of Exodus starting a brand new sermon series on the women of the Bible. Today, we're going to talk about Jochebed, the mother of Moses. The New Living Translation writes, about this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And she saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon, Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying. She felt sorry for him. So she replied, this must be one of the Hebrew children. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, 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 do that, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mom. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and raised him or nursed him. Later, when the baby was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son. And the princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. So as chapter 2 opens up with the phrase about this time, you realize there is more going on to the story than what you can see in this passage. Yes, a whole lot was happening in the culture, in the political climate, in the day that Moses was born. You fast forward to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that that great chapter of faith where the writer of Hebrews begins to list that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, that that you have to have faith to believe that God is. And 
Through faith, kingdoms were brought down. Through faith, nations rose up. And through faith, individuals conquered great things. And it's here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, that it writes, It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when the child was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. They were not afraid. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you the opportunity to stand before your people. What an honor and a privilege it is. And I ask today, God, that you would help me deliver this message that you have given, that you have laid upon our hearts. I pray that you open our, our heart to receive and give us ears that would hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. May we leave here today encouraged. May we leave here today inspired. May we leave here today believing that we too can do great things for the kingdom of God. And all God's people said, amen. Our passage is a story of victory in the midst of tragedy. In these verses, we see the hand of God moving to counteract and even destroy the plan of wickedness. Even in the midst of wickedness and when wicked schemes are all around us, God is still moving and making a way for his people. Can you say amen? This is a story of God raising up a deliverer who would lead his people out of bondage and into their inheritance. And I think it's important for you to be reminded uh, that there is an inheritance for the people of God. That as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have an inheritance from the Lord. Today's passage is the story of a courageous, faith-filled, God-honoring couple who dared to believe God, who dared to believe God had a plan for their children and who were willing to do everything in their power to obey God rather than man. Saint, there will be moments in our lives when we are called upon to live courageously. There will be moments in our life where you and I are called upon to have audacious faith. There will be moments in our life when we are called upon to act decisively and to trust God wholeheartedly, even when your heart is being ripped out of your chest. Today's passage is an example of a mother's love. It's an example of her trust in Jehovah God. And her willingness to do everything in her power to provide for her family. Any mamas in the house today? The first thing I want you to notice, the notes you received when you came in, is God is working even when you cannot see it. 
God's working even when you cannot see it. God's working even when the evidence isn't there. God is working and moving his plan, his purposes in your life, even in the moments that your eyes cannot perceive what is going on. It's in those moments when you got to have faith. You got to believe in the goodness of God. You got to believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. You got to know that you know that you know that God is fighting your battles somewhere, somehow, and you're going to survive. You're going to make it. You're going to be victorious. Verse 1 simply says, about this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Judah got married. When the story seems the bleakest, when the situation seems hopeless, when darkness is surrounding and crashing in, there is a ray of hope. There's a shift in the narrative. There's a burst of sunshine in the darkness. Hear this truth today. God is working even when you cannot see it. Many times we grow despondent because we don't see the immediate manifestation of the working of God. But I have come here today to remind you God is working on your behalf when you cannot see it. Do not give up hope. Keep showing up. Stay connected. Grab a hold of the horns of the altar and do not let go. God's about to make a way. God's about to make a path in the desert. Streams of water will burst forth in dry places. The dry places will be watered again. The desert will blossom and there will be fruit on the trees and the flowers will bloom again. Maybe you came here today uh, stewarding some dead things in your life, looking at a desert dry land in your spiritual walk. But hear me, God is still working. God is moving. And that desert you're walking through will blossom one day. Write this word. There's a desperate scene. You go back to chapter 1. And it closes in verse 22 with this. Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River. You can let the girls live. A decree, an edict, a law had been passed from the highest ruler of the land that every Jewish Hebrew boy would be killed. Why would something like this happen? As you read chapter 1, you begin to figure it out. Go back to verse 6. It says, in time, Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly, they became extremely powerful, and they filled the land. Many of you know the story of Joseph. He was sent ahead of his brethren, sold into slavery. God was working even when he couldn't see it. 
God was sending him ahead to provide for the people of Israel. Eventually, his father's family came because there was famine in the land. But God had already had a plan. Somebody needs to hear this today. God already has a plan. You just got to keep walking. You just got to keep believing. You just got to keep living it out. God's going to send you to the place of provision. Joseph provided for Jacob, his brothers, his household, his father's family. And over a period of time, Joseph had died. His 12, uh, 11 other brothers had died and their families had multiplied and they grew strong in the land. They multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Extremely influential. That word extremely comes from the Hebrew word meaning exceedingly. I want to let you in on a little bit of truth. God's seed will always multiply and become more powerful. There's nothing more powerful than the favor, the favor of God. Notice what verse 1 says. A man and a woman from the tribe of Judah or Levi. We know their names to be Amram and Jochebed. Write this word, family. God moves through the family. Jochebed was a descendant of the house of Levi. She was married to Amram and both came from the priestly lineage of the tribe of Levi, from the family of Levi, God chose them to give birth to a deliverer who would fulfill his promise to set his people free from slavery. And the cries of God's people were coming up before him. See, he was preparing an unlikely deliverer and writing a miraculous story of protection, of power, and of freedom. He had chosen these two vessels to be a part of his miraculous plan. God uses families for purpose and destiny, including but not limited to natural family. He'll use your spiritual family, spiritual connections. The apostle Paul spoke of Timothy as his true son in the faith. And their relationship shows us that spiritual sons and daughters receive an impartation the same way as biological sons and daughters do. They receive spiritual gifts and deposits. See, Timothy would ultimately inherit the apostolic mantle of the Apostle Paul to lead a powerful church and ministry. This came through family relationships and connections. In the book, The Jochebed Anointing, it states, Jochebed anointing flows through family. God has chosen the right people to be in your life to unlock your destiny. Did you hear me? God has placed you in an arena of some individuals who can help you unlock your destiny, to unlock your purpose. See, lean into those relationships. Lean into those individuals, those godly, God-fearing individuals in your life that believe the Lord for the impossible because they will help you unlock some things in your destiny. 
God has a plan and purpose for both your natural and spiritual family. God chose the descendants of Levi to fulfill his purpose in the earth. Now, this is important. It's imperative. They got married. Who got married? I'm going to leave it here. A man and a woman. I cannot believe we even have to have the conversation on this. I cannot believe we even have to have a defense on this. Let me say it this way. Remember, sin will take you further than you want to go and exact a price higher than you want to pay. It is out of this righteous union marriage was birthed a prophet, a man of God, a deliverer. It is out of this marriage came one who would walk with God, who would talk with God, who would bear the presence of God. The glory of the Lord would be upon him. It was out of this union of a man and a woman, Amran and Jochebed gave birth to a son who was literally walking the presence of God. I'm here to tell you today there's a Jochebed anointing today and within some of you there's the power to birth greatness there's the power to birth something wonderful that the kingdom of God will use if you believe that say amen I can't even believe that in the house of God we have to have these conversations we even have to think about it and there there might be a glare of disapproval that any of this would be questionable among people of faith. Let's talk about Jacobeb. The Lord is glory. Write that word glory. Her name literally means God is glory. Jacobel was a woman of honor who carried and birthed a man of glory because she honored the law of God above the law of man. Church, we must get to the place where we honor the law of God more than we honor the law of man. In fact, she risked everything to pursue God's plan for her life. I thought this to be interesting in my studies. Jewish history and legend. You'll notice back in chapter 1, there's the mention of the midwives who are going against the plan of Pharaoh, the law of the land. Verse 15, it says, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shipra, Orphra, and Puah. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. Now, verse 17, but because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. Get verse 17 into your spirit today. Because the midwives feared God, their love for God was first and foremost in their own life. Word of God tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
their desire as midwives were to honor God. And it brought forth this action in their life. They refused to obey the king's orders. Their defiance was not based upon rebellion. Their defiance was based in the fear of the Lord. They sided on the side of life. Now, I need you to hear this, my Anglo-Saxon brethren. I need you to hear this. We must cherish every life, not just the life of the unborn. We must cherish and value every life, not just the ones that look like us. We must cherish life itself. And we must stand on the side of life. When there are injustices, let's stand up for the word of God and stand on the side of life. Where there is a challenge is when we Anglo-Saxon people, we talk about the sacredness of life, but then we see injustices in society and we don't stand up for those injustices. It's imperative that we have atonement, alignment, we have alignment in every area of our life. Life is precious. That's it. Whether they're unborn or whether they're 20 years old today, life is precious. Can somebody give him praise today? They refused to obey the king's orders. These women demonstrated, write this word, courage, obedience to God. This was interesting. In Jewish history, Shipra, Jewish historians often identify Shipra as the same person as Jochebed, and her marriage and subsequent birth of her son Moses was God's favor related to her obedience as a midwife. This is interesting. Well, let me tell you what Jochebed did in the midst of that climate, in the midst of that culture, in that midst of that wickedness where laws against life were prevalent, they raised world changers. I'm here to tell you, mama, you're raising a world changer. Dad, you're raising a world changer. Yes, I understand wickedness may be all around us, but that is not an excuse to sacrifice your children to the culture of this world. Stand upon the promise of God. Stand upon the word of God. And just like Jochebed and Amron raised some world changers, so you can raise world changers too. Can somebody give God praise? Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, brothers and sisters, went on to change the world. In chapter 1 of Exodus, all hell is breaking out. But in chapter 2, there's a Jochebed giving birth to a deliverer. Jochebed is trusting God. Though the days were evil, though the days were unjust, 
Though Pharaoh's decree were against life, there was a Jochebed who believed and had faith, who acted in trust and lived a surrendered life to the goodness of God. I wonder, are there any Jochebeds here today? I believe there's a Jochebed anointing coming to the church of Jesus Christ in 2022. I believe that we must have some Jochebeds here today who will stand against the fierce tax of the enemy. God's about to send deliverance, but he needs a Jochebed. And will you say yes to him? Will you say, I will trust God, God's way over man's way? I'll believe God's word over man's opinion. I'll obey God before I surrender my life to the edicts of this world. Which brings us to our third point. Protecting the next generation. When she could no longer hide him, Moses, verse 3. She got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket, laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Go down to verse 7. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, yes, do. The princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's who? Mama. <laughs> Isn't God good? He's working even when you can't see it. Did you hear me? She called the baby's mama. The princess replied, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you for your help. <laughs> Tell me my God isn't good. <laughs> so the woman took her baby back home and nursed him. Took what? Her baby back home. Don't, don't miss it. Let me give you a little side note. It's not really what I'm preaching today, but God used... Pharaoh's house to protect Moses and made the devil pay for it. <laughs> God can bless you and cause your enemies to pay for it. God can advance you and cause your enemies to give you the gold, the rings, the necklaces, just like he did the Israelites coming out of Egyptian bondage. God delivered them, and he blessed them on the way out. Somebody's about to get blessed. Somebody's about to receive the favor of God. God is working even when you cannot see it. God will take care of and protect his plan. His people. But Jochebed and Amran had to act. For three months, they hid what they and did what they could. They risked everything because their faith told them to. What have you risked for the kingdom of God lately? They were bold and courageous. They were set on preserving life, preserving the gift God had given them. Little did they know 
This baby, this gift, this seed would be their deliverer one day. When God needed a couple to fulfill his work without revealing his plan to them, when he needed a mom who would do everything in her power to protect the seed of deliverance, to protect Moses, he chose Jochebed. The Jochebed anointing is an ability to protect what God has given you. The ability to protect the seed of a child's potential. Ryan Lestrange writes this. Each of us has been handpicked by God for a unique and timely work in the earth. It all comes down to our level of obedience. We cannot delegate our obedience to another And we cannot blame adversity for our lack of cooperation with the plans of God. In this very moment, I believe God is looking for a Jochebed generation who will rise and launch into changing the realm of glory and destiny. The writer of Hebrews says it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months. When he was born, faith will cause you to act with courage. Faith will cause you to stand against the powers of society. Faith will cause you to go against the norm of culture. Faith will make you bold. How does one raise world changers when when the devil hatches a plan of death and destruction? How does one raise world changers when evil seems to prevail around us? How does one protect the next generation while living in a world system that seems to be anti-life and anti-God? Faith. Moses' parents' faith consisted in their fearlessness. And church, we need a faith that will cause us to be fearless today. There was a faith to endure pressure. There was a faith to resist doubt. There was faith to believe the word of God, the promises of God. And at this time, all they had was oral tradition. At this time, all they had, all they had was the stories passed down of their father, Abraham, of their grandfather, Jacob. All they had were the stories of their great-grandfather, Joseph. All they had were the stories passed down by oral tradition. But they believed that the God who created the heavens and the earth was fighting their battles. They believed that God had a plan and that they submitted to that plan and not Pharaoh's plan. And church today, you must believe that you serve the creator of the heavens and 
the earth. You must know that your God is God above all gods. He's king above all kings. He's Lord above all lords. And his word, his law is the most important thing. Can somebody give God praise today? Can somebody say, yes, Lord. Have faith. Have faith when society's telling you something different. Have faith when others are trying to silence you. They had faith in a covenant-keeping God. Write this word, persistent. They were persistent in their action. And I use that word specifically, persistent in action, meaning not just acting one time. So, oh, Lord, I, I obeyed. You got to obey today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day. We call it consistency. You got to be consistent in your obedience. You got to surrender day by day by day. Persistent action. They hid him for three months. When they realized the baby was getting too noisy, can you say amen? They took him out to the nursery, I mean the Nile River. <laughs> you know that was funny. I'm going to say at 10 o'clock service, you watch. <laughs> they created <laughs> Floyd, that was good. <laughs> they created an ark and released him in the Nile River. That which meant to destroy him came what lifted him up and sustained him to the new season. She nursed him knowing she would have to give him away. Again, I said again, I believe it's not recorded, but in my imagination, as she's holding and nursing that baby, she's singing all the Hebrew rhymes she can. Even though he can't understand it in his infant mind, I believe she's rehearsing the story of Adam and Eve and Seth. I believe she's talking about the story of Abraham and Lot. Sarah, Isaac, I believe she's telling him the stories of Jacob and then his sons, Moses' uncles. I believe that she's talking about the tribe of Levi and how they have a special anointing and how there's favor upon that tribe. I believe she's rehearsing those things knowing she'll have to release him again. She gave him back to Pharaoh's daughter. There may be multiple decisions you have to make, acts of faith in your walk with God that at the moment in time may be very heart-wrenching, but you have to have faith that God is working even when you do not see it, that God's plan is going to come to pass.
they saw something in Moses. They saw God given potential calling. The old English says, an unusual child, special. Now, I know us, you mamas think all your children are special. And you should, because they are. They saw potential. We need some Jacobebs who will see potential in the next generation. Quit crucifying them. Quit telling them how lazy they are. Quit telling them in your generation how you used to do things. Believe in them. Release them to be who God's called them to be. The last fill in the blank is this. There was no fear. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child. They were not afraid to disobey the king's command. They saw, that is, they knew, they understood, they believed, they were convinced God had given. And they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. They were convinced of what God had given them. And if this gift came from God, then it would be God who would help them. Church, when you and I are convinced that we're living God's story and not our own story, when we're living his plan, his purpose, his destiny, then you will know God will take care of you. You have to settle the question, did God place you there or did you? Did God call you where you are or did you call yourself? Did God gift you, anoint you, or is it all you're doing? I'm here to remind you, God has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. I'm here to tell you the words of Jesus. I called you. You didn't call yourselves. I ordained you that you might bear forth much fruits. And that is settled in your mind. You will do exploits for the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth, biblical truth. Lord, I pray that we'll respond, that we will accept biblical truth even even at times when it makes us uncomfortable, even at times when it makes us squirm, may we accept biblical truth today because Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So our head is bowed and our eyes are closed. Today's passage is a story of courageous, faith-filled, God-honoring couple who dare to believe God. I want to ask you today, will you dare to believe God? Will you dare to believe God? I want to ask for a response. All across this 
auditorium. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through, but I know we live in a fallen world. We live in a world full of challenges. We live in a world where at times it's hard to see the good because there seems to be wickedness all around. But God's looking for some Jacobins, some Amrams who'll say, I will believe God. If that's you today, will you lift your hand toward heaven and say, I will believe God. I'll believe his word. I'll believe his truth. Yes, God.